Hello and welcome to the Gems of Wrestling podcast. My name is Flemerald. I am the Precious Gem Professional Wrestling. I am here by myself. And today we are talking about Kings in Wrestling. We have been sport for choice when it comes to royalty in wrestling. We've had Kings of Wrestling, we've had King Kong Bundy, King of the Mountain, King of the Road, Jerry the King Lawler, King Tonga, Jimmy King, King of Managers, King Curtis Iokea, the King of Kings, Kenny King, King of Hearts and the King of Strong Style, not to mention the King of the Cruiserweights. But perhaps the most prestigious of all, or at least the most frequently used, is the King of the Ring Tournament. Now another June has come and gone and we still have not had a return of the King of the Ring, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about Kings of the Past, as we are conditioned to believe in its prestige. And there are many examples of King of the Ring winners developing into main event talent and world champions. There's a lot of talk about the best and worst kings, with the focus almost exclusively on who did and did not deserve the crown. And this talk is all subjective, even with the majority being cut and dry one way or the other. For example, Mabel definitely did deserve to be king, whereas Stone Cold Steve Austin, probably not. I am here to statistically prove who is the worst wrestler to ever compete in the King of the Ring tournament. In fact, I'm going to give you a list, a top 20. Let's get the legal spiegel out of the way. I've used a reverse point system, so winning a tournament gains you zero points, whereas defeating the final will get you one point. In the semi-final it'll be two points, quarter-final three points, etc, etc. This means that the more points you have, the higher up on the list you are. As in, the more points you have, the worse you have done in the King of the Ring tournament. Tiebreakers are needed and can be decided by the quantity of entries or the manner of victories or even how far a victorious opponent progresses. Yeah, that's how in-depth I've gone on this. In consideration is anyone who has ever entered the tournament, qualifying rounds included. Also included are the non-pay-per-view King of the Ring, so we're going right back to 1985. Now that all the comment fodder is out of the way, let's roll out the red carpet, bow down and show our regal gratitude to those who gave it a shot for King and for company. Number 20. D'Lo Brown, Farouk, Al Snow and the Big Boss Man. Okay, this is the only multi-entry on this list, I promise. As these hairs were finer to split than the love child of Hulk Hogan and Arn Anderson. You guys decide who makes the number 20 spot on the list. All I will do is provide you with the facts. All four men entered two tournaments, including the unfortunate 2000 King of the Ring, which was the only tournament to feature a pre-qualifying round. All four men were defeated in this pre-qualifying round. They each lost in a qualifying round another year. So it is a stalemate based on their own performances. So to separate these guys, we need to evaluate the performance of their opponents. And here's a quick brief. In 2000, the big boss man lost to Bubba Dudley, who only went one further round. As Farouk's victor, Hardcore Holly, and D'Lo Brown's victor, Scotty Too Hotty, did also. But Al Snow lost to a semi-finalist in Val Venus that same year. So by proxy, Al Snow has performed better. However, Al Snow did lose to Hardcore Holly in 1999, who only progressed one more round to the quarterfinals. And that same year, the big boss man lost to a finalist, X-Pac. In 1998, Farouk and D'Lo Brown lost to the semi-finalist pair of Jeff Jarrett and Dan Severon. 
Confusing? Maybe a little. Well, anyway, you decide who makes the number 20 spot on the list, and the rest is plain sailing. Number 19. Owen Hart. Our next spot is occupied by the King of Hearts, and it may seem ludicrous that someone who has won the King of the Ring tournament could make this list, but the stats do not lie. The Rocket won at the first attempt in 1994, but he couldn't leave it there. He wanted to retain the crown, but that dream ended in a time limit draw with the British Bulldog in a qualifying match. He would face further defeats in two quarter-final matches in 1996 by Mark Mero, and in 1998 against Dan Severon via submission. If Owen could have just moved on as king, then he wouldn't have made this list. But his insatiable need to prove that he was the dominant heart kept bringing him back to fail. Number 18. Triple H. We have reached our MVP of this list. No, not that MVP, but someone who has stood out amongst the rest on this list. It's the game. In 1997, Hunter Hearst Helmsley lost in the quarterfinals by disqualification. But claiming to have not understood the rules of a knockout tournament, he threatened legal action, if not reinstated into the brackets. The World Wrestling Federation obliged and he went on to win the crown. But the DQ loss still stands and is wedged between a qualifying defeat to Jake Roberts and a quarterfinal defeat to The Rock. A combination of these poor performances anchors the King of Kings down just enough to squeeze onto this list, despite being a winner, albeit in acrimonious circumstances. So Triple H is our MVP because he managed to get disqualified and win the same tournament. Number 17... Erwin R. Scheister. The taxman may control VAT on the crown jewels, but he never came close to wearing them. Granted, his first opportunity came prior to his career with the IRS, when he was simply known as Mike Rotundo. But defeat knows no discrimination, and a quarter-final defeat under his real name to former world heavyweight champion, Pedro Morales, makes little impact, especially considering he had a bye into that round. When he found employment dealing with taxes as IRS... He also found moderate success by reaching the final in 1991 before falling to Bret Hart. He reached the semis in 1994, being defeated by longtime rival Razor Ramon. Finally, he had an opportunity in 1995 to replace his rival Razor Ramon in a qualifying round, as Razor was injured and was not cleared to wrestle for the tournament he had qualified for. But IRS was defeated by a debuting Savio Vega anyway. Number 16. The Junkyard Dog. You may be familiar with JYD, although his championship success came in Mid-South Wrestling prior to arriving in the World Wrestling Federation, where he did not win a single title. This also extended to his foray into the King of the Ring as he was pinned in qualifying at the first tournament in 1985 by Don Morocco. He returned the following year to be submitted by Nikolai Volkov, and his attempt at the crown in 1987 ended as he was counted out against Danny Davis. A fairly unspectacular trio of performances from a rather spectacular icon. Number 15. The Big Show. Well, was he a king? No. The world's largest athlete has had three attempts in 11 years at becoming royalty, but as his performances would indicate, it'd be better suited to a 
medieval giant troll rather than a king. In 1999, he made the quarterfinals, losing in Battle of the Monsters with Cade. In 2001, he stalled at the same falling to Christian. And finally, in 2010, he was counted out in qualifying against Alberto Del Rio. Big show. King, no. No. Number 14. Savio Vega. Wang. Yes, his first entry was as the martial arts master who was dispatched by Razor Ramon in qualifying in 1994. But the Puerto Rican native did enter the following three years. An impressive four matches in one night ended with a final defeat to Mabel, but after that he managed two quarter-final runs, falling to future legends Steve Austin and Mankind in 96 and 97. Savio was perhaps unfortunate that he faced future stars in early rounds, and the only year that he made it to the final, he had to do it by progressing three rounds in one night, whereas his opponent had only had one match. Number 13... Gold Dust. It's time to address the life-size Academy Award known as the son of a son of a plumber, Dustin Rhodes. The bizarre one seemingly never thought too much of the title of King, as his debut campaign in 1996 ended in a double countout during the qualifying round after he walked out of his match with the Ultimate Warrior. He followed that up with a pinfall defeat to Jerry the King Lawler in the quarterfinals of 1997 which, in fact, was the first round that year. So quarterfinal might sound impressive, but no, no it wasn't. Five years later, he turned up for one more try, only to be pinned by X-Pac in qualifying. Maybe he didn't need a golden crown upon his head, as he was pretty much all gold anyway. Number 12. Lex Luger. The first reincarnation of Hulk Hogan was surely destined for glory. Although when you take away the politics, maybe glory is a little harder to reach. Lex did have a go at something Hulk Hogan never bothered with, and that is the King of the Ring. As you can tell by his name appearing on this list, he was not successful. After only getting by Bob Backlund via a countout, Lex Luger stalled against Tatanka as they fought to a 15-minute draw in 1993. There's always next year, and so Lex returned for attempt number two, where he himself was counted out in qualifying against Jeff Jarrett. Most men would learn from their mistakes, but not the All-American. He would again be counted out in qualifying against Yokozuna in 1995, after they were paired up due to Owen Hart and British Bulldog going to a time limit draw. A king never makes the same mistake twice. Number 11. Christian. Three consecutive attempts at glory proved fruitless for the creepy little bastard. The infamous pre-qualifiers of the year 2000 were a banana skin for Christian, who slipped against nemesis Jeff Hardy. A year later, he was felled by Team Wreck ally Kurt Angle in the semi-finals, before slumping once again to pinfall defeat at the hands of Val Venus in the qualifying round of 2002. Not really a bad run, but just poor enough to rank 11th on this list. Number 10... Doink the Clown. Doink was a mainstay through the mid-90s and amassed a decent following, despite what critics at the time would call the ultimate of cartoony gimmicks. For all his criticisms, there is one word to describe his foray into the King of the Ring. Consistent. Three consecutive defeats in qualifying between 1993 and 1995 
where he was dispatched by Mr. Perfect, Owen Hart, and the roadie. Oh, the tears of a clown. Number 9. Brutus, the barber beefcake. For our list here, the beefer paved the way for the three entries, three defeats in qualifying round ratio. It was Haku in 1987, Ted DiBiase in 1988, and Akeem in 1989. The tiebreaker, which means Brutus the Barber Beefcake is a little higher on this list, is the fact that both he and Doink lost to eventual winners, semi-finalists, but Doink lost to another semi-finalist, whereas Beefcake lost to a quarter-finalist. Therefore, he was defeated by wrestlers that didn't perform as well as those that defeated Doink. Coming down to the fact that Haku went to a time limit draw in the quarterfinals of 1987 and the roadie made the semifinals of 1995. Number 8 Jeff Jarrett For a man who spent his entire time in the World Wrestling Federation knocking on the door to the main event picture, it would have seemed a fairly safe bet that the greatest singer, greatest entertainer, and the greatest wrestler would have had a respectable challenge at the crown, but this was not the case. An upset defeat in the quarterfinals against the underdog, 1-2-3 Kid, was not a great debut, and an unfortunate draw meant he felt the qualifying round the following year to The Undertaker. A three-year rethink led to Double J's greatest run, a semi-final tap-out to Ken Shamrock, who, of course, would go on to win the 98 tournament. This pairing matched up again the following year in qualifying, where Jeff Jarrett again tapped out, so not really the greatest in terms of king potential. Number 7 Steve Blackman The lethal weapon was not so lethal in sudden death situations, as his trio of complete failures would indicate. Steve Blackman is in the company of many others who did not pick up a single victory, but unfortunately for him... One of his failures was in the one and only pre-qualifying round of the 2000 tournament, as well as two further qualifying round defeats. Marvellous Mac Mero, the not-so-marvellous Bull Buchanan, and the almost-as-marvel-less Perry Saturn were his adversaries. The only crown he'll be wearing will be at a rave blended out of glow sticks. Number 6. X-Pac. The Kid. Call him Cannonball, Kamikaze, Lightning, Dynamite, uh, okay, not the last one, but he had many aliases when trying to make a name for himself. Once he made that name, he managed a respectable semi-final run as the 1-2-3 kid, falling to eventual winner Owen Hart. The kid went away for a while and returned all grown up as a degenerate. X-Pac, who would have four more attempts at the crown. A qualifying defeat to DX leader Triple H, albeit by countout, was a far cry from his first attempt. Former degenerate Billy Gunn ended X-Pac's best effort in the final of the 1999 tournament, and finally Chris Benoit tapped him out in the 2000 qualifier. His King of the Ring attempts, much like his career, started promising, hit a lull, rose off the charts, and then fizzled out. Number 5. Nikolai Volkov into the top five with this Russian, by WWE's reckoning anyway. He's actually a Croatian, born in the former Yugoslavia. Volkov became part of the furniture in his 11 years in the Federation. 
A long run by 80s standards. His quest to become the first Tsar of the ring began promising enough with a run to the semi-finals before Pedro Morales halted the locomotive in 1986. The following years, he failed to get beyond qualifying by falling against Randy Savage, Ken Patera, and proving his progressively worst performances, Bushwhacker Luke. He may have started like a sickle, but he definitely ended like a toothpick. Number 4. Test. Let's give him an A for effort, but an F for delivery. Upon his breakout in 1999, Test looked to prove his potential with a good run in the King of the Ring. But that did not happen. Test may be considered unlucky that in his four attempts, he faced four future world champions. In fact, in 1999, he was beaten in qualifying by Kane, who had already held a world championship. A year on and he was pinned in pre-qualifying by Chris Jericho, edge pin testing qualifying on the way to the crown in 2001. And finally, he managed a couple of wins only to meet Brock Lesnar in the semi-final who again was on his way to the crown in 2002. Actually, let me rethink that grade. Number 3. Matt Hardy. Version 1.0. The Team Extreme Elder may well have had success on the tag team scene and would have a decent singles career also, but this was not his bag. Entering the 2000 tournament was a deadly move with failing to pre-qualify by losing to Eddie Guerrero. And just for comparison's sake, his brother Jeff made it one round further that year. The following year, Jeff again went one step further by besting his brother in qualifying. In 2006, Booker T put Matt out of his misery in the quarterfinals, which was the first round that year, by the way, as did CM Punk in 2008. Poor Matt. This run most definitely was the worst thing to happen to the broken one during his time with WWE. Number two, The Godfather. Yes, I have included Papa Shango because I like to think that Kama got amnesia and joined the WWF thinking he was a voodoo priest before realising he was in fact a supreme fighting machine and eventually evolving into a pimp because that's just natural progression. Diverse, right? Well, what wasn't diverse was his attempt at summoning the crown. As Papa Shango, he was pinned in qualifying by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He tried to ultimately fight his way through, but found himself timing out in the quarterfinal draw with Shawn Michaels. His supremacist attitude regressed with his performance, as he would be submitted by Ken Shemrock in qualifying. He would pimp his way out of the 1999 tournament, the hands of the road dog, again in qualifying. And his most dismal effort came by missing his whole train and finding himself hitchhiking in the pre-qualifying round of 2000, thanks to China. But for all his faults, we still salute the pimp. Before we find out the number one worst King of the Ring entrant of all time, let's get to some honourable mentions, or actually dishonourable mentions in this case. The Warlord. The Warlord had to be replaced by Iron Mike Sharp in 1988, and he would make a quarterfinal where he'd be defeated by Tito Santana, and finally a qualifying defeat to Sid Justice. He makes this list because he was given the honour of competing in the tournament, but had to be replaced. Bob Orton Jr. Same reason as the Warlord, as Mr. Orton had to be replaced by Rudy Diamond. Literally a gem of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and Bob Orton's only other appearance ended in a qualifying double disqualification with Paul Orndorff. Hercules! Another one that had to be replaced, this time by Mr. X, aka Danny Davis. His other two appearances were qualifying draws, a double count out with Bad News Brown, and a double disqualification with Jim Neidhart. Kerry Von Erich, the Texas Tornado failed to appear in his one chance at royalty, robbing us all of the qualifying bout against Bret Hart and being replaced by Pete Doherty. No, no, not, not that Pete Doherty. Barry Windham, he also squandered his one chance at a chance at the crown and he was replaced by Bill Wood. Okay, so he had left the WWF before the tournament started, but that's no excuse. Ron Bass, our honoree of the dishonourable mentions. The outlaw Ron Bass proved that money talks by faking an injury and forfeiting his semi-final encounter with the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Money doesn't last, but glory does. Shame on you, Mr. Bass. Shame. Number one. Bob Holly. You cannot enter a record seven tournaments and not expect to top this list. Thurman stalled in his maiden outage by crashing out at the hands of Bam Bam Bigelow in qualifying. Sparky Plug completed the first lap in 1995, but found himself on the wrong side of the road. Dog, that is, as the roadie defeated him in the quarterfinals. Bob Holly skidded on some stone-cold ice in qualifying in 1996, and frustration had boiled over by the time Hardcore Holly stepped into the fold, as he was disqualified in the quarterfinals against X-Park in 1999 and then again in 2000 against his cousin Crash Holly. He was pinned by Kurt Angle in 2001 qualifying and in 2002 quarterfinals by Test. Seven attempts and never winning more than one match per tournament. Bombastic, Bob, Hardcore, Thurman, Spacky, Sparkplug, Holly. You are the worst King of the Ring entrant of all time and we bow down to you for at least trying. So, were there any surprises in there? Who do you think deserve to be on the list that isn't, or is on the list and shouldn't be? Or did I get it statistically perfect? Let me know what you think on facebook.com slash gemsofwrestling, on Twitter at gemsofwrestling, or even Instagram at gemsofwrestling. There are millions of gems yet to be unearthed. I've been Flemerald. Until next time, bow down to your kings, and remember, God loves a trier.